0: Welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast. Uh a a a Rum Runners ne- network podcast. Uh I am Ryan and, and I'm Devin. That's Devin. Um this is a little bit different format uh today because Alan unfortunately is a little bit under the is a little bit uh, uh under the weather. Um and so Devin and I are trying to accomplish this on our own. I think we've done this once before. And,
1: and I, think, I think it went okay. I think it went fine. You know what? I don't yeah. know if you can tell Ryan, but we have the rolling hills of Ireland behind us right now. Oh, Uh, and it's, it's going to mean it all works out. It's going to be wonderful. I'm I'm ready for it. Okay. Excellent.
0: Well, um, for those of you who don't know, if this is your first time listening, um, what, what, uh, what we normally do is we each take turns picking a movie that, you know, that, that like one of us has seen, Um, but the other ones haven't. And then we share the story behind why we've picked it for that week. Um, and we discuss how we felt about it and how the newcomers to that film feel about it. Sometimes we yell at each other. Sometimes we all agree. It's kind of up (laughs) in the air.
1: I wonder which one this one's going to be.
0: Oh, it's, this is going to be a fun one. Um, so without uh, further ado, we're going to get into it. Um, and... But what we want to start off first with is a little segment called We Watch This, just to kind of get um, a heads up with each other about things that we're watching, things that we might want to recommend for each other, and movies that we're probably going to be adding to our list, which this one's for me. Um, uh, Devin, did you want to do yours first?
1: Yeah. So for We Watch This, it's typically what we'll do is we'll have watched a movie or a TV series and we'll recommend it or not recommend it to someone else. This one's a little bit weird for me. I watched about three minutes of a TV show. And it was some of the funniest TV that I think I've ever seen. And I just wanted to tell you about it, Ryan, because I have to tell somebody about this. So for the last week of my life, I was up in Belfast. And I don't ever watch cable. Ever, ever, ever. Except if I'm in a hotel room and need background noise. So I flicked on the cable flicked on the first channel that wasn't just the, the standard, like, welcome to your room, like yeah like, you know, TV screen. And the show that was playing, Ryan, was a show called Naked Attraction. Ryan, have you ever heard of the show Naked Attraction?
0: No, but I've heard of Basic Instinct, and it kind of sounds like the same thing. You know,
1: it very well might be. So the <laughs> conceit of Naked Attraction is there are five people who are potentially going to go out on a date with one person that chooses one of these five people. Now, the way that the person chooses the five people is that the five people have these screens over front or over top of them that are opaque, right? You can't see through these screens. But once every round, they'll lift up more and more of the screen, and the people behind the screens are naked. So, naked attraction. And the guy that's doing the judging, or, or woman that's doing the judging has to eliminate or include people based on the parts of their naked anatomy that they currently see. I don't know how this is a show. You see everything on British TV. So first off, I click on the channel and I wasn't ready to see just wall of naked from the waist down women. Was not ready to see that clicking on the TV. But the best part of it was neither was the contestant. Because I clicked it on And the the host goes, okay, let's reveal the ladies. And the screen goes up. You see wall of naked from the waist down women. And the guy that was picking them starts crying and runs off stage. The producers come. They make sure he's okay. It turns out this man's never seen a naked woman before. And he just saw five of them at once. And they now had to deal with an almost inconsolable contestant. It was hilarious. And it was funny getting him to try to, like, describe what he was feeling or why he was so upset. I, I got to that part and I went, this can't get better. I also don't want to watch this and turned it off. But it <laughs> was such a funny five minutes of TV. It was amazing.
0: Okay, so is this an actual show or this like is a an actual game show? show? Like a reality thing?
1: It's like a dating show. It's like a, like a you know, like how MTV used to do, like, like
0: oh, Cupid that show.
1: Yeah, the yeah Cupid yeah. show or oh my gosh, there was that date show where they would have like the pop up things like every once yeah. in a while. Yeah, it's exactly like that where like there's an eligible bachelor who would have to just choose from naked people or or Bachelorette. That also like was the next segment apparently that I just did not watch. But yeah, that's I I don't know how this is a show, but it was the funniest thing watching this guy squirm.
0: British TV is something else. I, 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 I <laughs>
1: um. Okay, so
0: moving on from picking out a date based on their naked appearance. Um, I can tell you love it. That's so interesting. Uh so <laughs> I I finally got around to watching The Green Room, uh which is written and directed by the same guy that did, that did Blue Ruin. Um the same actor from Blue Ruin plays a character in it. Um and the reason why I've always wanted to see this, but I just haven't gotten around, to, well The reason why I wanted to watch it for so long is because it's about a punk band that is on tour, very 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 small band, like doing like making three hundred dollars a show type band, um, and they inadvertently get signed to do a gig at a neo-Nazi bar, um, and all hell breaks loose later on. And I've heard interviews with the people in it. Um, I like punk music. I. Mm Have always been interested in more of like the scene too, to, okay. a, to 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 an extent. Because even though I really love the music, I've never really been a part of the scene of it. So it's always interesting to kind of like see that um, put on film to kind of get a sense of it. Um, but when it comes to the Nazi punks, the the like skinheads in that culture, uh, from what I know of it, they nailed it one hundred percent. Really. Yeah, it, it, is, it is as authentic to that scene as it can be. Um, it was everything I wanted from it and more. I was really, really happy with it, and I'm adding it to the list. So at some point in the next few months, I'll be having it on for the show. Um, I know that Alan has said that uh, when I, when I mentioned it during the group chat, Alan mentioned that he's heard of it or he knows some some about it. I don't know what the extent of his knowledge of it is, but mm-hmm. I'm definitely gonna be having
1: it for the for the show. Okay, so dumb Devin question here. The last time we were together it was for us doing Meet the Ricardos together. Yeah. And there was some confusion about whether or not it was a documentary or whether that was a real Is is the Green Room a documentary, Ryan? The is green this like room a real is...
0: This is not a documentary. It is Okay. It's, okay. it's a straight up movie. You, you 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 will you will not have an issue. How with that in the least.
1: Then real real talk, how close is it to the scene from Blues Brothers when they play the Country Western Bar?
0: How close is it to what? I'm I'm sorry.
1: Oh, is how close is it to the scene in Blues Brothers where they do the country western bar? I mean okay, so because <laughs> that's all I'm picturing, really. Like Okay, so
0: the scene from blues brothers where they start singing blues and people yes. start throwing stuff at them and like booing mm-hmm. there there is a scene of that and it's one of my top 5 favorite scenes of the movie um okay. because the band dead kennedys does a song called um f off nazi punks or nazi Uh-oh. punks f off Uh-oh. and um they play that song for their sound check <laughs> <laughs> in front of a bunch of neo nazi skinheads uh p- p- uh, uh in front of a bunch of Nazi punks, um, and it, it doesn't go over too well, but nothing sure. too bad happens. It's later on in the movie, um, but it's got the same feel as Blue Ruin, and I really, I really enjoyed that. You like that movie, if I'm, uh, if I, if I remember correctly.
1: I've actually never heard of Blue Ruin. We did it for the show. We did do it for the show, and I did like it. Now that I saw, <laughs> now that I saw the the poster for Blue Ruin, yeah. So. And then one last Devin question. Okay. Uh, I don't know the director. Is everything that he does uh, a color and then a word?
0: I'm having issues with my laptop cutting. Oh, off. no I mean, worries. This is going to be fun. <laughs> this is
1: gonna... That's right. Is, is, every, is every movie that that's, this director does, is it always a, a color and then a word? Blue Ruin, Green Room?
0: I've, I'm um, honest, I did look up uh, his thing. I don't remember seeing that connection, but these two movies, definitely. Okay. Um, and there's a lot of green in it, like color-wise. There's a lot of green. Oh, fun. So, okay. Yeah. um So, yeah. So, there's that. Um, now, the movie that we're doing for this week was Devin's pick. Um, now, usually, like I said, we pick movies that we have seen that we want to show the other ones so we can talk about them occasionally what we'll do sometimes is be like, you know, I really want to see this movie. I really think it's going to be interesting. I want uh, I, want to share that with you guys. So we're all going to watch it, you know, like separate. But we're all going to watch it for, 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 for the first time and come back and talk about it. Occasionally we do this. And that was Devin for this week. So, Devin, I'm going to throw it
1: over to you to take the reins. Perfect. So this week we had watched the 2022 film Banshees of Inisherin. Uh, written and directed by Martin McDonough, starring Colin Farrell, Brennan Gleeson, Kerry uh, Condon. So it's just, ah, this is a movie that I had wanted to watch for a long time, specifically because the movie In Bruges is one of my favorite movies. That one is also written and directed by Martin McDonough and sells, ca- stars Colin Farrell and Brennan Gleeson. And for that reason, the second I heard of Banshees of Inishira and I went, the boys are back! And was so excited to watch this movie. Um, I'm not going to say much else about what I thought about the movie. Because, so, before watching this, Alan had told the both of us, the less we know about the movie going into it, the better it's going to be. Apparently, the trailer does reveal a lot about what this movie is doing. I came into it completely blind. Ryan, what do you know about this movie? How did you feel about it? Uh, Yeah, Tell, tell me everything.
0: I had no idea. I went into it blind
1: okay okay and this is essentially part of our our oscars run-up right we try to watch as many oscar-nominated movies as we can before the oscars come out we actually did a good job of watching a lot of them uh this year which is pretty surprising this is one of the few that that had kind of escaped us this one and a, a couple others that i'm sure alan will make us watch at some point yeah so then with all of that ryan what did you think of the banshees of Inisherin?
0: do you really want me to go first on this
1: I'll go first then. Let me go first. <laughs> I'll, I'll set the scene here. All right. First off, I want to say I hyped this movie up too much in my head. I love In Bruges. I love Three bill- Billboards Outside of Epic, Missouri. I thought this was going to be a movie very much like those. In some ways, I was very right. In some ways, I was very not right. I liked this movie. I will recommend this movie to people. I don't know that I would watch this movie before any of his other work. That's where that's where I sit with the movie right now. We need to talk about it. I can't wait to hear your thoughts. I'm actually tentatively afraid. Ryan, go ahead. There are
0: times when movies are based around symbolism. Yes. When I pick the symbolism up within the first, like third of a movie mm-hmm. usually it goes one or two ways usually i like the symbolism and i'm fine with it and i get into it and i enjoy it and then there's other times where i cringe i bash my head against the wall and i just want it to end okay this is one of those
1: ones where i wanted it to end <laughs> <laughs> well, hold on no no tell me about it because there there is definitely symbolism this movie the, oh, the movie because yeah. I mean, and and I think that's partly why people like the movie so much is because the plot itself is very straightforward. The plot, for those of you who haven't watched the movie yet, and we won't get into spoilers just yet, the plot is that two friends are essentially at an impasse when one of them decides that he no longer wants to be friends with the other one. Hijinks ensue is is essentially where I'll (laughs) leave it at that. So in the first third of the movie... What was the symbolism that you picked up on?
0: Uh, again, th- this really isn't spoilers. This is just background information for the film and like the era mm-hmm. that it's taking place in. Yeah. The plot parallels what's going on on the mainland with the Irish Civil War. Yes. So you've got that going on.
1: hmm
0: And then you've got the symbolism of the threat that happens mm-hmm. and what that means for the character that's making the threat. Yeah. When those two collided,
1: <laughs> I was just like, Oh God, no. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> no, hold on. But why? So why didn't that work for you? Because basically a, a character threatens to take the disagreement to but without giving anything away yet a character decides to take the disagreement between the two of them to an extreme an extreme that for a while you don't actually believe he's going to do um so that is as you're right contrasted with the Irish Civil War that's actively going on that lasted until i believe it lasted until may of 2020 1923 Yeah, yeah. May of 1923 is when it lasted. This movie takes place March-ish, April. No, April, April April, 20th. It's it's on a calendar. Yeah, Uh, it is. Yeah,
0: there's a calendar in the movie.
1: Yeah. So why didn't that work for you?
0: It was just one of those. It 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 gave it it gave the premise of the whole thing away for me too soon. Okay. So it was one of those things where it was like, oh my god, okay. Fine, Civil War, two sides. They used to be friends, and now they're not anymore. And Civil Wars only end one of two ways. And then you've got, oh, look, he's threatening to do this, but this is his hobby. So that's going to interfere with that. And it was pretty much just me watching the clock until the movie ended the way I was expecting it to end.
1: Okay. So it, <laughs> it, well, no, so fair. it came on too strong. and yeah. And because the symbolism made itself obvious, which it pretty much was, yeah. They would literally get into a fight and then go, oh look, shooting on the mainland. Like, or something this- <laughs> would happen and a character
0: yeah. would be in between the other uh, or like one of the uh, uh, uh assisting characters would Mm -hmm. be like the in-between between between the two main characters and as they're like walking around someone in the village makes a comment about the civil war or you can hear the rifle fire from the mainland like just like the symbolism of like the battles going on between the people is also is also reflected on what's going on in the mainland with the actual war itself and then people making their comments about how oh war is horrible and then the reason why and it's like, I just wanted to be like, okay, I get it. It's like the end of 10 Cloverfield line. That movie okay. was great up until yeah. the last five minutes. How so? She stands up on top of the truck and sees the UFO. And as far mm-hmm. as I'm concerned, the movie should have ended right there because everything that she was told by the crazy guy in the, uh, um in the basement mm-hmm. ended up being true. And, and the sighting of the UFO is it? I, I didn't need the UFO coming over and picking up and body slamming her in the truck five <laughs> and six times, and then her driving off to a city, listening to the radio saying, "We're building a resistance." It's like, okay, I get it. You could have stopped five minutes ago.
1: Well, okay. So, I mean, part of so part of anything, right? Like, so a good a good example of this is we watched the other day or the other week. We ended up watching All Quiet on the Western Front. Yeah, you pretty much knew how that one was going to end. Like oh yeah from 100%. from its outset. Yeah. What made that one different to you cuz knowing how this movie is going to end is still okay and it's it's part of part of it is how you get there. Like how you get to the end and specifically as in the Civil War, what side is going to do it in all quiet on the western front. You kind of understood where it was going from the onset. Of the second you're like, "Oh, we're following the Germans." Uh-oh. And
0: th- that's a difference to me when it comes to how I watch different genres of movies. Okay. When I watch a genre war film, regardless mm-hmm. if it's science fiction or historically accurate or non-historically non-historic, uh, accurate, like Fury, I yeah. believe that uh, Brad Pitt World War II movie, I believe that one is like a fiction World, world, world War Two so. story. Like, when I watch those, like, I'm expecting everyone to die. I'm expecting okay. everyone to die. Some moralistic telling about war. I'm just a fan of war movies, so I mm-hmm. just I, I I I I roll with it and I expect it. When I watch a movie like this, I know I mentioned this before. This is what I consider like a high budget mainstream art film where okay. honestly, if you were to take away a lot of the budget on this and take away a lot of the A-list actors that are in mm-hmm. this, and make the director and the producer work with a much smaller budget i feel like it might have been something that i would have been okay
1: with but because it was so high budget you like it ruined it for you it
0: kind of ruined it for me because they were able to like like i this movie is two hours and 52 53 minutes long as far as yeah. i'm concerned this could this movie could have been an hour and 20 minutes
1: okay you know what? I, I don't think that part's wrong. I think that the movie is a very slow burn. Mm-hmm. And I definitely, I can definitely, I, I can't disagree with that bit. Is that it was it was a little bit long. <laughs> yeah, and I think that, that might be it. Is that it was a little overlong. And there wasn't the kind of payoff that you got when watching In Bruges. Like, I think that In Bruges, because we watched it for the, the, the show. Yeah. I think that In Bruges is slow. I think that it's definitely a slow burn. But it gets to something really incredible at the end. And while i think the ending of this is big and bombastic in in somewhat of the way that in bruges is i don't think that it's the same kind of ending and i think for that reason oh, i'm with you you could have shaved an hour off and it would have been fine yeah <laughs> so with that you mentioned the genre how did you feel about this genre so one of the things that that martin madonna does i think really well is he'll specifically do these kind of dark comedy things. Like, one of my favorite bits of in Bruges is in the beginning, uh, when Colin Farrell's like, I had no feckin' idea where Bruges was. It's in Brussels. (laughs) Like, I love that. Like, that gets me right into the movie right away. And, like, this movie has the same deal. Where in the beginning, are you too Rowan? We had Rowan? Are you sure you're not Rowan? Like, it's the same kind of, like, pace of dialogue. And, like, there were a couple times I did laugh at the dialogue a lot. Like, did you have that? And i I did I mean
0: i do I do have to say this this movie had me so figuratively speaking, yes, like eighty percent of the movie, I was bashing my head against the coffee table watching this. twenty <laughs> percent of the time, as I was bashing my head, I would hear some of the uh, of I would hear st- 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 some of the things being said and laugh as I was bashing my head into the coffee table. <laughs>
1: I like the visual that you're painting a lot. I'm not mad about that.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, no, like, and, and one of my favorite moments is there's there's this old lady. There's there's this old lady character that they kind of make her, like, they, they kind of dress her up to kind of be, like, to look like death or whatever, mm-hmm. to be, like, the harbinger of death or, like, whatever um, type person, and she... <laughs> There's this moment where, uh, was it Peggle, Pegle Peggy, whatever his name is. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> uh, non, uh, not the Mad-Eye Moogie guy. Colin Farrell's one. character, Call- Patrick, Patrick. thank you. Um, I, I knew it began with a P, I just couldn't remember. <laughs> um, he walks by her on the beach, and they they exchange words, and he calls her a, a, uh, a freaky, uh, how do you say it? a fecking a fecking a fecking nutbag and (laughs) she just and she laughs at herself and goes nutbag like she laughs and it's like 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 totally an old millennial like that oh yeah she is such the embodiment of a millennial in that scene that it's just hysterical um but there's moments like that and like you said the whole rowing part yeah. You know, are you rowing? No, I'm not rowing. Well well, 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 I mean, you would have to be rowing to be like this, but yesterday yeah. we weren't rowing. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I totally get that. I I like the dark comedy aspects to it. Um, there are just a lot of things that have to do with spoilers and where the story went and what I was expecting and what actually happened that added to my
1: disappointment of this movie. Okay. So I think at that point, then I think we should probably start getting into the spoiler section. We're at about yeah. just about the halfway point, and I think that it's worthwhile to to stop kind of beating around the bush on some of this stuff. So if you haven't seen The Banshees of Ed Sheeran, uh, feel free to give it a watch. I would recommend it. Uh, Ryan, would you just kind of overall? If if like somebody was like, w- "I'm I interested w- in this movie," what would you say? I, yes.
0: If you are interested in watching this movie, watch it. Okay. Just because I'm disappointed in it doesn't mean you're going to. My <laughs> my my d- 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 my my tastes and my d- 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 disappointments are mine. Okay, I can't totally speak fair. for anyone else. I can't
1: <laughs> totally fair. So then with that, let's get into spoilers. So okay. I wanted to start by talking about the specific plot beats of what's going on with Colm's character. This is Brennan Gleason's character, Colm. Um,
0: For those who don't know, that's Mad-Eye Moody
1: from Harry Potter. <laughs> it is. <laughs> but, but there's a couple times when they call him, like, Com Sunny Laurie, and I, like, don't hate that at all. <laughs> uh, that's not the spoiler, by the way. But basically, yeah. he he kind of wakes up one day and realizes that Colin Farrell's character, Padrick is boring and doesn't want anything to do with him. And that he needs to stop associating with Colin Farrell's character, Podrick. And he needs to focus specifically on his violin playing because violin playing is what's going to immortalize him. And it's pretty clear that he's I mean, he's kind of going through a midlife crisis, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, the only thing you said that I kind of that I kind of disagree with is Mm. I don't think he just woke up one day and decided he couldn't take him anymore. Mm. I think it was a long time coming. Sure. Forum because I, I related to both of these characters really heavily because I've been on both ends of the spectrum. I've been have both you? of these characters. <laughs> I've
1: been, well, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna. Well, lie. And and I have too. But, but yeah. tell me about it. So when have you when have you been a, a cone in this case? Uh,
0: um, there's been people, and it's mainly it's not really friends that I've had this issue with. It's been like work colleagues that I've had okay. this issue with where I'll be like work friends with someone, and then there are parts of their personality that just start grating on me. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And and then it gets to a point where whatever benefits in that work friendship that I had Mm -hmm. is nowhere near enough for me to ignore the parts that are like touching my raw nerve. Sure. And then I do everything possible to like, I'm not, uh, granted, probably it would be better if I was that blunt about things, but I'm <laughs> not that person. Um, Did you just ghost him? I just, I I, I slowly ghost.
1: Gotcha. Okay. You, like you fade I out. don't
0: answer the phone as much. I don't respond to emails as quickly. I pick and choose what, uh, I'll, this is, and this, is, and this is where I get into the other character. Um, like, I won't leave them hanging if something really important comes up that'll get them, like, in trouble. But yeah. if there's a situation where they're reaching out for me to help and I know that they could reach out to someone else, mm-hmm. I'll just ignore their request for help until they go oh, to wow. someone else. Um, and just try to start to become not reliable and just kind of flake. Sure. Like I said, it would probably be better if I was just that blunt about things, but I, I don't, I don't have the nerve and the steadiness to just look at someone in the eye and be like, I'm not talking to you again. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just, I, I wouldn't come off as like, I wouldn't come off like I was serious.
1: That's fair. I mean, that's, that, that's totally fair. I mean, yeah. And, and I've done relatively the same thing. I used to move around schools a lot when I was a little kid. And one of the ways, one of the fastest ways that I could make friends as a kid was I would have people just, hey, if you want to punch me, punch me. It's okay. And eventually the person that would punch me would just be like, I just hit you. How's your day going? Or something yeah. like that. And that would be like my in, like my social <laughs> in. But like, you know, those kinds of friendships never last. So I've, I've always had that like, this is a long time coming, but we're not friends anymore. So like, yeah. I've definitely related to Comb and Comb's problems and, you know, the whole wanting to do something that kind of transcends time or that, you know, wanting to make something that leaves a lasting mark. I mean, I definitely relate to that. I mean, I, I too want to do something that withstands what, you know, this mortal coil.
0: Yeah, I, there's like, I've, I used to be like that heavily, but I just yeah. don't care anymore. I have completely like I have I have like 90% I have like 90% uh-huh. to put it away. Yeah, yeah I yeah. have com- I have completely let that go <laughs> okay I, I have totally embraced the fa- I have I have totally embraced the 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 sad depressing idea that no one will know who I am after the next generation who had interactions with me. So I got like real it's fun. Yeah, no 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 like, like 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 I am not a musician. Sure. I am not I have I have I have not done the schooling. I have not done the studying to do anything at this moment in my life to make any real impact economically, socially, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm just here to have the most comfortable life that I can and just be happy with it. I mean, I've come to finally just accept that. So like, I'm not worried about like my midlife crisis is going to be me going out and like trying to find a 2004 Scion XB and rebuild it (laughs) because that was my first car. Like that's going to be my mid that's, that's going to be my my mid- midlife crisis it's not going to be trying to write a sympathy a, a sympathy a synth symp-
1: <laughs> a um a symphony one-handed in a bar <laughs> <laughs> i mean it, so it sounds like you're then more on on podrick's side in that so podrick essentially yeah. doesn't really care about his destiny he doesn't have the same things that that colm does Podrick very much cares about let's have fun. I want to be nice. Everyone deserves to be nice. Yeah. So it sounds like you've, you've almost done a switch now where like in some instances you're calm, but overall you you relate more to Podrick.
0: Yeah. And I've been on that end of things where I've had people just ghost me on stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like I've I've known people who have just like, boop nope, you know, nope. You know, it's like no conversation, no social media contact. You know, I wake up one morning and... Like, uh, the conversation feed on uh, on Facebook Messenger is just gone. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, oh, oh weird. Oh. Yeah. It, it, like, maybe twice in my life. Still. I've ever had that type of situation. But it's, it's one of those things, too, where it's like, I don't, I don't, it's whatever. I, yeah. It's a, like, you did a lot of moving around when you were a kid. I did mm-hmm. two big moves in mm-hmm. um, in uh, in my life. Mm-hmm. And so, you know meeting people having them exit your life like that's all part of life like yeah you know there's going to be a good solid five years where you're going to have possibly the best friend you ever had mm-hmm. and then you're never going to see them again after they move to like the next state over and you'll never have a friendship like that again you just have to embrace that that's probably going to happen in your life and just move on from it
1: i mean and that's fair and to, to bring it back to the movie that is not something that colin farrell does yeah. Is he does and that's and that's kind of the crux of the movie is that like Colm is like, hey, I need to go away. I need to not talk to you. I need to just write my music. And like Colin Farrell will not accept that. Colin Farrell's yeah. point is that he's just he's we're still friends, you're being weird, let's get over this. To the point where Colm makes the threat, which we were talking about earlier, of every time you talk to me from here on out, I'll cut a finger off and I'll send it to you
0: yeah and not just a finger the fingers on his fiddle hand
1: that he uses to play and compose the song that he's leaving this guy for
0: okay so this is what happened to me when i was watching this movie okay they set it up where comb comb that's his name yeah comb doesn't want to talk to mr p anymore i can't remember his name again so i'm just gonna go with mr p fair enough he he cannot remember i mean he he doesn't want to talk to him anymore Mm -hmm. and then like five minutes after that they mention or show the explosions going on on the mainland for the civil war either before or after that Mm -hmm. and i'm like oh okay they're going to be battling in their friendship there's a civil war going on on the other side of the island Civil wars, there was unity, now there's not, now there's infighting. Hey, look, there's two best friends, now there's infighting. Oh, look, symbolism, okay. (laughs) I totally get that, whatever, just roll with it. Yeah. And then he cuts off his finger off, off his fiddle hand, and I'm like, oh, now I get it, because, you know... uh. His friend is taking up his time to where he can't work on his music. So it's a physical representation of his friend taking his time away to work on his music.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, basically.
0: And when that happened, I was just like, oh, my God, there's there's physical fighting going on in the mainland because their relationship is in trouble. And now he's literally cutting off his fingers off his fiddle hand because his friend's taking time away from him from working on his music. What's the next thing going to happen? His donkey's going to die because no one else is going to be around. And then his donkey dies. Uh-oh,
1: because nobody else is around. <laughs> well, not not necessarily because no one else is around, though.
0: Well, yeah. So, I mean, yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, it was just – I was just... – <laughs> Just like you, out of spite, guessed the next plot point of the movie. Yeah, and, and that, that made me mad! <laughs> to be fair, so at one point, he cuts off his fingers, and the donkey, who I am cons- I'm convinced is the star of this movie, the donkey uh, eats <laughs> one of the fingers, chokes on it, and dies. Yeah. Which, you know, is collateral damage, it's collateral deaths, it's them getting someone involved. No. And it yes. Yeah.
0: And and the, the miniature donkey yeah. is basically his um uh Mr. P's uh pet. Mm-hmm. Like it's pretty much his dog. Like that's his like you know, whenever he's sad, he lets the donkey into the house. When his sister comes, you know, home, the sister yeah. yells at him for, you know, letting the farm animal, you know, in the house. And there's literally a scene where he's sitting on the floor, sad, and his donkey's next to him, and his sister comes home and yells at him about having the donkey in the house, and he goes, what, I'm sad. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. <laughs> one of anim- those moments where I was bashing my head laughing because it was legitimately oh, yeah. funny.
1: <laughs> I mean, the one thing I will say is that the animal direction in this movie is phenomenal. There's a scene where... Oh, yeah. ...where Podrick comes into the house after Colm's already cut one finger off. He, Colm has made the threat that the next time you talk to me, I'm cutting the rest of the fingers off. And then Podrick storms into Colm's house, starts yelling at him because he figured, you know, that's what he wanted. This is all a a ploy to like make him more self-confident or something like that. It doesn't work. And there's the scene where the dog takes the shears that he knows Colm's going to use and starts slowly backing out of the house with it. I don't know who these animals are or who's training them. They're phenomenal. I mean, even the donkey, like Jenny, was like the best. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, you got there's that, and then even like the farm animals. Uh, yeah. For Mister, P- what's his name? I I I gotta get this. Pa- I can't Podrick? be calling him Mister P- Podrick. Thank you. Yeah. Podrick has has his farm animals in the house after Jenny dies. Yeah. His prized donkey, and like the cows walking through the living room, <laughs> and like his cart horse. Is like trying to like it, It's almost like the cart horse is trying to fill the role of Jenny by like standing next to him, nuzzling him with uh, with its nose. I mean the 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 horse was standing there next to Jenny before Patrick found uh yeah. f- uh found it and was like trying to like nuzzle the back leg to like kick or something. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, the the animal direction in this was great. Um, I also liked how they showed how Patrick's character, um, changed in it. Um, and they used his relationship with uh, Demi, the cop's son. Sis- oh, Dominic. Dominic. They used his relationship with Dominic to show it, as in, like he's always talking about how, like you know what you know, it's like. There's no harm in being nice. Yeah. You know, like, why can't you just be nice? Everyone should be nice to to each other. And he's always talking about, you know, this and that. Mm-hmm. And he gets driven to the point where he sees a musician talking to Colm. Mm-hmm. And he offers him a ride in his cart away from the bar because uh, he sees him, this guy walking along the side of the road. And he makes up this story about how he was just at the post office and they're trying to find him because um, his dad was hit by a bread cart <laughs> and he needed to get home before his dad died um, to get this guy off the island so he wouldn't have, you know, this person getting in between him and his s- s- supposed friend. Um, and he tells the village idiot that's who the cop's son is there's 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 no other way around it mm-hmm. um and that might be a little mean there's issues there that make well, him I wanna, who he is but i, I want to talk about idiot. yeah i want to talk about him yeah. a bit
1: because they call him the village gorm
0: which, the village gorm yeah yeah
1: which like fine but like yeah yeah anyway keep going we'll we'll yeah, go back and
0: to so he tells him that mm-hmm. the, the cop's son and the cops son's like you're not the same you're not nice anymore you're just you're just a mean person you're like everyone else and then he like runs away and then shortly after that his sister tells him that he's le- that she's leaving for the mainland and then that's and then that's and then that's when he finds his dead donkey <laughs> that's
1: when he finds- it's when it's it's interesting cuz i mean at that point it does kind of mark a pretty big change in in Podrick because he yeah, is a little bit of a jerk Patrick. at that point yeah. Well, I mean, I think I think that's where Patrick comes from. Like, I think yeah, this yeah. seems like a derivative of that. Yeah, but like, okay. it's it's <laughs> interesting because you see him, like, do that and you see him lying. You see him be a little bit more mean than he has been. But then the second Jenny got, Jenny dies, like, it switches something in him. And he's like, I'm not being nice. I don't care at all anymore. I'm officially done with this. And, like, and it takes us all the way up until the main conflict at the end of the movie where Padraig goes. Two o'clock tomorrow, I'm burning your house down. Leave your dog outside, which I thought was a great touch because I'm an animal lover. Leave your dog outside because it has nothing to do with this. Yes, thank you, Colin Farrell. But I don't care if you're in the house or not. Just know that at two o'clock it's happening. And at two o'clock he comes and burns the guy's house down. And did you... So the whole time I was convinced that Colm was horribly depressed. And the second that Podrick started burning the house down... I was, I knew that Colm was inside the house and I was very sure that Colm would not leave the house. Did you have the same thing? Did you, what were your thoughts at that point?
0: I was still expecting Mm -hmm. there to be something else going on, that it was more than just Colm being like, I'm done with this friendship. I'm done. I was hoping it was more than that. Sure because the symbolism of what everything meant and what was going on was just it, it, it was like I said as soon as I catch on to symbolism like early in a movie either I mm-hmm. appreciate it and I ride with it or I just want yeah. it all to end because I see where exactly it's going yeah. And this was one of those moments where I'm like, can, can, can this please just all be wrong? And I'm just looking at this the wrong way. And, sure. you know, like, columns, like, found out that he's on his deathbed. Or, you know, like, he's gotten political and he's going to go to the mainland to fight in the Civil War. Or something. Something than other, this being more than just a broken friendship, please.
1: Mm-hmm. And it wasn't. And you never got uh, that. No. Well, I mean, is is the fact that it was essentially a midnight like midlife crisis that, you know, the priest kept asking Colm, like, how is the despair? Do you still feel the despair? And, and uh, when Colm first kind of really launches himself into the music, he goes, no, no, despair is not there at all. But then the more he starts to cut his fingers off, the more he starts to lean into this kind of life that he has now, the despair is slowly coming back this isn't doing for him what he thought it was going to do. Yeah. So, like, was was that not, like, enough? Like, did you want, like, a bigger reason? Or did that... I... I,
0: I think this gets more to the heart to why I watch movies and what I want from movies. I want to be entertained. Okay, okay. <laughs> and this gets into one of those things where it's like, oh, cool, a morality film.
1: Yay. <laughs> I mean, listen, your last pick was The Running Man, all right? This yeah, is like exactly. This far away from The Running Man as we could ever get in terms of a movie.
0: And, yes, I mean, I will fully admit that I am, like, when it comes to movies, 99% of the time, I am the most basic of movie watchers. I just want to be entertained. I want something fun. I want something funny. I want something that's going to be visually, you know, um entertaining and yes occasionally i'll see a movie that fits all of those buttons but then i complain yeah but there wasn't enough substance in there it was just all visual yeah you know like by that explanation you would expect to be like oh man he probably loves fast and the furious and michael bay stuff <laughs> like no i hate
1: it Like, no, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute you hate fast and the furious i'll i like the first three movies have you seen the other ones this is important to me ryan what you mean,
0: like four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, yeah, and eventually yeah. ten? Yeah, I, 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 I get my fill from watching spy movies. I don't need to watch a bunch of hot rodders
1: pretend to be government agents. Oh, Ryan! Oh, Ryan! I'm gonna change your mind. I, I think that Fast Seven is like the best, like one of the like low key best movies. I think there's there are just scenes in that movie that you know that they're just in the writers' room going. He flexes out of the cast. Don't worry about it. He jumps out of a seven story window next. Like they're having the time of their lives. That's I, fine. Oh, I, I love it. I love see, it.
0: See, see, here's, here's the thing. And then we'll get back on track to talk yeah, about yeah, yeah. the actual no, no. movie. <laughs> I get my fill of stuff like that. Watching brain dead eighties action movies. Yeah. And Jackie Chan films.
1: Yes, that fills that hole in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so that I guess that's fair. I, I'm trying to think I was trying to come up with a rebuttal where I was like, yeah, but the new movies do something different. But I think really the only thing that that the fast movies do that the 80s action movies didn't do is this time they're just like, but it's about family like in every single movie. And that's like the only <laughs> thing it really adds. So maybe, maybe, and you're I'm
0: telling wrong. me the first Predator movie wasn't about family? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, maybe, maybe. Okay, the, the second one definitely was. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. The second one. Okay, so oh my god, the urban <laughs> warfare one. Okay, so
1: so no, back to I let have... me like pivot to my yeah. question quick. Did yeah. you expect Combe to be in the house when it was burning? I didn't think that much into it. Okay.
0: I wasn't sure because it's one of those things where it's like, okay, well, either he's in the house and they're going to go the direction of um, Patrick. Uh, I guess he's now the starfish from SpongeBob. Um, <laughs> Good. Is going to, you know, be like following the whole Civil War analogy. I was thinking yes. to myself if he burns the house down and calms in there, then he's going to kill himself mm-hmm. because the whole civil war mentality and like just injuring yourself. It, because yeah. nothing ever really comes good from that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's what everyone was saying. Like war sucks. Nothing ever good happened. You know, like, you know, right. Like nothing, nothing, nothing ever good comes from this except for the cop, but that's a different story. Um, yeah, he has yeah. his own opinions that are kind of weird. Um, like, Either he's going to kill himself afterwards because he's going to feel such guilt of killing his friend out of spite, or his friend's going to live, Mm -hmm. and they're going to, like, call a truce or reconcile or something along the lines of what actually happened in the movie because they were both like, okay, that's it, you know, we need to stop this because... Like, you're now alone. You have no one left on this island to go to for any type of comfort except for your farm animals. And I don't have a house anymore. So, like, we've got a truce. Mm -hmm. And then they go one step further with Patrick going, Yeah, well, you know, these things probably only last temporary. uh, uh, These things are probably only temporary anyway until, you know, like,. Uh, uh, until ag- ag- uh, ag- aggression start start back up again.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, like, uh, go ahead. I can't help but think that this entire movie, granted, there wouldn't be a story at all if column just said, "Hey, could you uh be like, hey, on uh Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and uh and Saturdays, um, mm-hmm. I'm not going to meet you at the bar because I want to work on my music a little bit more." And I just need
1: peace with that. And and I think that I mean that's totally fair. But I think that Colm's point was that like he needs to be completely involved and completely isolated from all of this. Like it's not enough to have a little bit of it in your life. It's need it needs to be a clean cut. It needs to be completely gone. And yeah, that's I don't know. It's so I liked that ending a lot, and I liked that ending a lot specifically. So. Colm obviously was in the house. Colm gets out of the house off camera. We don't see it, but we assume that like for a while, we assume that he burns down with the house, but he leaves. And that speech that you specifically said, given by Podrick, where he says, you know, oh, it looks like the civil war is over, but yeah. there will still be tensions and they'll still be, you know, it literally like nod, wait, nod, you know, yeah. nod and wink to the camera. It's over. But like, there'll still be tensions and that's just how things are going to go. And maybe that's good. I have never known, and this is going to sound really ignorant of me, I'd never known about the history of Ireland and why it's a Northern Ireland that's part of the UK and why it's Ireland that's not a part of the UK. Yeah. Until last week, I was in Belfast, and I got the whole history and specifically what's going on now and what that could mean for the future of Ireland. And and it's a really interesting thing that I had never known. And I think the reason why I liked the ending of it so much is because i can see the next five years ten years out being almost exactly like how ireland was after that civil war tensions are died down but tensions haven't died down and they never will die down yeah um and that's i like i like that because i like where it leaves the ending the only part that made me a little bit mad is that it is ryan the 1800s comb cut off four cut off five fingers with rusty garden shears if that man doesn't have some kind of infection that they can't cure yet, then I'm then there's something wrong.
0: Yeah, so when I start to get frustrated with a movie, yeah. I, I start picking up on little things and they make me more mad.
1: Was that one of the little things?
0: That was one of the little things. So, like, let's say I was watching this and I was like, oh, cool, I like this symbolism and ran yeah. with it there could have been a v1974 vw bus parked in front of somebody's <laughs> house and i would have even and i and i wouldn't even be bringing it up on the podcast as being something that i was upset about because it was like you know 1928 and there's a vw bus like i i don't care i like the symbolism i'm just going to run with it
1: yeah
0: but because it was bothering me everything started irritating me. So I was like, it's Rusty Garden Shears. It's 1927. He's going to have tetanus. He's going to have a lockjaw. He's going to be sitting there playing his fiddle and then his hand's going to cramp
1: up and break itself. Yeah, basically. Like, come on. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they kind of gloss over. I mean, obviously, it's more the metaphor too, but yeah, they just like gloss over that. I think uh... one of the things I like the most though is that the movie itself comes down on on who it thinks is right and it doesn't think that colm's right and one of my favorite ways is colm is writing a piece of music called the banshees of Inishirin." and that's where yeah. it gets its name from it's kind of one of the reasons why it gets its name from that also there's a line about banshees and symbolism there too but one of the reasons yeah. is he writes we'll talk about that in a sec because it's more symbolism i want to hear your thoughts on but he writes his song called banshees of Inishirin." ryan we never hear it in its entirety we hear like five bars at most of this song yeah the movie does not care to have you listen to this
0: because because banshees warn of death and there was an argument of whether or not the myth was real and obviously this movie set in the real world so banshees don't exist and yada 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 yada
1: Oh, but I, I loved the line that Colm said, though. It wasn't that Banshees, he doesn't think that they don't exist. He says he thinks they do, but he doesn't think that they're actively shrieking outside of your window anymore. They're just sitting back and letting things happen. And I thought that part was actually kind of cool. Yeah, I would, too, if things were going the way they are then and now.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, okay, the, the last thing I want to talk about, then is that there's one character that's pretty big to the plot we've only touched on a bit, and this Dominic. Dominic is the village gorm. He's a bit of a silly guy. He's had a rough (laughs) childhood. But in the end, he's actually, Jenny aside, he's actually the only death in the movie. What did you think about him?
0: I, uh, it, it, it was one of those things where it was like, I was like, okay, well, what's his deal? Why is he in this? And then later on, you're like, okay, he's the cop's son. Like, mm-hmm. okay, he's, he's a bit dull and he's not, he's very, he's a very, very, to sound European, he's a very, very simple lad. Um, <laughs> and it didn't really hit me until he tried to ask um, uh, the sister. Shaban Yeah. Siobhan. Like he tried to ask, 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 ask the sister out. And everything, and it was the second time he said, you know, fable heart or feeble heart or yeah. whatever. And I'm like, okay, this guy's just, he's, this kid's harmless. He's just yeah. an innocent, you know, like he's just as, he, he he's as innocent as you can get mm-hmm. for the early 1920s in Ireland, living on a remote island with a bunch of people he's seen his whole life. Like he's as innocent as you can get in that situation. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, he's just what what's his deal? And yeah. I feel like when he lost his faith in Patch and uh Patrick Podrick? Mr. P what Patrick. <laughs> I feel like when he lost his faith in him is when he decided he was like that's a there's 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 nothing for me at home. There's nowhere for me to go. Mm-hmm. Everyone sees me as an idiot. I I'm tired.
1: Yeah. So you think – so that was actually the question I was going to get at because I I saw it happen and I went, oh, he killed himself. Or did he? Did he just like trip and die?
0: I mean he very much could have been like walking along a rock face or walking up the hill and fell and slipped in. But they don't say either way, which leads me to believe that I – because I mean that and it's the whole – this is going to be uh, horrible that I mention a movie. Well, it's horrible the fact that they actually made the movie. But do you do you do you remember the urban myth that like if you're in college and your roommate commits suicide, that the college you like pays for your your free your, tuition. Like, you, you get free tuition. Yeah, they made a movie based off that premise. What? They made a comedy based off that premise, like a dark comedy, Ooh. and where the main characters were trying to find the the student at, at the college that was most likely to kill themselves that semester what? Um, so that they could get a free ride on college. And by the end of the movie, the one person who they didn't... that The one person who was never part of anyone's lists to actually do it mm-hmm. did it. Oh. And it was almost kind of like... You know, because it's such a tricky subject and it's so hard to pinpoint who's actually going to do it and who not. It It's almost always the person you don't think is going to do it, does it? And then once you look at their life prior to them doing it, you're like, oh, crap. Yeah, there were all these warning signs, but we never saw it.
1: That's and do you think that's how like a second watch of this movie is going to be where like you're going to see more or knowing where Dominic ends up, you'll see like more of his struggles, you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, thinking about it now. Mm-hmm. He gets he gets abused at home.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There's a very strong possibility he gets abused multiple <clears throat> different ways at home. Right, right. Um, ev- everyone pretty much calls him an idiot. Mm-hmm. He always gets yelled at whenever he walks into the pub. Um, every romantic relationship he wants to pursue gets shot down, mm-hmm. and the one person that he saw as a friend on the island, he sees as a backstabber.
1: Yeah, that's fair, actually. Yeah.
0: So I wouldn't be surprised if that's what happened.
1: Yeah, that's. I mean, because I was debating about it, like, like between from last night till this morning, I was like, did that? Was this on purpose or was this on accident? And I think I like your take on it, because if that's the case, then that means that both Comb and Podrick essentially have blood on their hands. They have. Yeah. They've both done wrong, basically, and they've both had an innocent person mixed up in their nonsense.
0: Yeah. And that old, crazy millennial lady who was (laughs) rambling the one night about how there's going to be two deaths on the island before the month is out or whatever. And it was one of those things where it's like, okay, was she just making a vague prediction because it's the early 1920s and (laughs) some people died a lot back then for really weird reasons? You know... Because, I mean, I could totally see it. Some, you know, person of, like, that advanced age, you know, in the early 1920s on a remote, you know, like, village island in Ireland, Mm -hmm. I could see them going, hey, you know, we average, like, two to three deaths a month. (laughs) when it comes to livestock and villagers, I could just go around and tell people that there's going to be two deaths on the Island before it's out. And then, you know, like if someone tries to be cheeky, you know, just give like a little wit at the end of it. Like she did. Yeah. It's like, it's not a prediction, you know, it's like, I'm trying to be accurate. (laughs) Like, I'd be doing stuff like that, too, because people would be looking at you like,
1: oh, she's a seer. She can see into the future. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, get, you get it right once and people are all on you.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I, I really wish there was more of her in it, but I feel like if there was more of her in it, it would kind of lose its, like, humor.
1: <laughs> I, I think it would. I mean, they use her very well and very sparingly, which is nice. Yeah. But, so... You had mentioned – this is the last thing I'll bring up. You had mentioned that there were parts of it that disappointed you. Was it the metaphors? Was it everything you had mentioned? Or is there anything else that that kind of disappointed you or didn't live up to your expectations about it?
0: I mean, to to be honest, it was more that the movie was going – one, I was like – within the first 20 minutes, I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be a slow movie. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I'm going to – I'm going to stick through it and I'm going to watch this for the, perform- I'm going to watch this for the performances. Yeah. Because this has been nominated for best picture. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to be well done. I'll just enjoy it for what it is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then the metaphors started happening and I was, and, and, and I could almost see where they were leading. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was like, okay, stop with the side conversations. And in the, like, like, like everything that happened in the market where he's talking to the lady at the post office or market or oh, whatever, about having a story about having like news or a story. Yeah, yeah. And then he like, uh, it's like he tells on the cop and it's like, well, the cop here beats his son at night with a frying pan, Yeah, you know, like he's trying to come up with stories like because of because of seeing through the symbolism and seeing where it was possibly going Mm -hmm. moments like that, that were the moments that like really showed how good the acting was and how good the script writing was, was and everything. I was groaning during those scenes because I was like, can we just get to the, can, can we just get back to the plot? Can we just move over and get back to the plot, please? Because so because so, there was so yeah. much
1: symbolism in the A plot, you had like no appetite for a B plot.
0: Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I just I, I I I absolutely I was like, oh great, civil war between friends, got it. Oh mm-hmm. look, mutilation to oneself to show that he to uh to you know show that he's taking time away from what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. Like, got it. I mean, like that'd be like, um, granted. It'd be cutting fingers off, but it would be like someone who's a programmer, yeah, telling a buddy, going, "Hey, look, every time you come and you stop me from working, I'm gonna cut off one of my fingers." But you're working on, but you're working on code for, uh, for you know an app for bank yeah. of america so people can do their banking easier on their phone like yeah and every time you stop me from doing it i'm going to cut off a finger so so it makes it harder to show you how damaging you you interrupting me is going to be yeah and then eventually the friend not understanding and then the person not left with fingers and he has to use his nose on the keypad
1: <laughs> yeah i mean that's that's not wrong that's basically it for those listening and
0: not seeing my face, I have the most like upset, like he frustrated does. look on my face.
1: He's he's very he's very unamused by all of this. <laughs> this this poor man has no fingers and is typing with his nose, and Ryan just does not care.
0: I, I don't. I don't. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Do you wanna know why?
0: Because Tell he me. still has a nose to use the keyboard. <laughs> that's
1: fair. That's fair. Uh so I think Colin that's all I have, just... Ryan
0: column. at this point, can just learn how to play the violin with his his opposite hand and use the the palm of his hand to crump onto
1: the end of the bow
0: and just play it that way.
1: Duct tape the bow onto that part of the hand.
0: Duct tape didn't exist back then.
1: No, it didn't. Did it not? They didn't have it, so I'm going to say no. When was duct tape invented? Hold on, this is important to me now. This is very important for the episode. They're 20 years Nineteen out from duct tape. All right. Yeah. All right. Totally fair. Those poor See, people. See, again,
0: example. If I would have liked mm. the symbolism and they would have had a roll of duct tape on on the shelf, I wouldn't have said a thing about it because I wouldn't have cared.
1: Right. But, but that because have taken I didn't out. like
0: this movie as much as I did, if they would have shown duct tape in it, I'd have been on here ranting for 30 minutes that duct tape didn't exist back then. Duct tape didn't exist.
1: I'm not mad about that. <laughs> so, on that note, Ryan, is there anything else you have about Banshees of Inisherin?
0: I'm good. I've I've run through all of my notes. Good, I have too.
1: So, do you want to you want to send us home, Ryan?
0: Yeah. So, um, got to remember how Alan does this. Okay, I'm just gonna do it my own way. Do it. So, uh, thank you for listening. Um, I hope that we entertained you enough. In, in enter, entertained We hope. <laughs> I hope that you enjoyed listening to us. Um, and if you want more of this with Alan, of course, because we are normally a you know a trio, um, you can find us on any major podcasting uh, 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 audio app, um, and that's including like Apple Music, uh, Amazon. Uh, 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 on Amazon, uh, Spotify, all of those apps you'll find us on. We have a YouTube channel. So if you go over there, make sure to hit the subscribe button. Um, it helps us, uh, to get our videos out there to as many people as you know, we can because not a lot of people want to hear our, 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 uh, opinions on stuff, but I hope they like our bantering. Um... <laughs> Uh, We also have a um, a website. If you go to rumrunners.com, you will find a link to our site that'll have more information and more links uh, to to more socials that we have. Um, And we usually bring up what movie we're going to do next but Devin and I are kind of up on the air because to be perfectly honest Alan does a lot of the heavy lifting Alan does a a lot of the heavy lifting for us it's pretty much his podcast Um, he does a lot of the sound editing video editing he does a lot of the photoshop Um, he he, he does a lot of stuff for us Um, so we don't remember because we kind of rely on him uh, a bit too much probably um, about who goes next and uh so we're not entirely sure if it's alan or myself that goes next so we will get we will get that out there as soon as possible about what film we're going to be doing next week um and usually we do this on tuesdays at 6 p.m um and we usually go live on youtube twitch and facebook um whenever our software is working correctly we can do all three at once Mm -hmm. um so subscribe to any one of those you'll get an alert uh, we, uh, we do respond to chat, uh, to, uh, uh, to questions in the chat box. So, so please, if you want to intergage with us, yep. it makes the conversations more fun. Um, but yeah, so y- 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 you, can find us all over the place. Um, again, that is you, you have to watch this podcast.
1: Um, I am Brian and I'm Devin and
0: but Are you going to do it? Are
1: you going to do some Irish accent to sign us off? Hey, laddie. Okay, <laughs> I'm done. Look, Ryan, you're acting the gilly-goolie.
0: Yes, I can't do it like that. I love it. <laughs> <laughs>